You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is food at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White. Carol Palmer, we are so happy to be here. Good morning, Carol. Oh, good morning, Mal. I have missed you. I know. It's, it's been a minute, as they like to say. It certainly has. It's been at least seven days. I know. Well, we are in high cotton and high tech. We are back in the original, renovated, all-new studios of MPB Think Radio. And, man, are they nice. Is it fine? We started in this room. We did. Then we went home to our basements and closets yes. for the COVID period of two years or whatever it was. And then we went to the temporary conference room conference room slash studio for about a year. And here we are back where we began. Full circle, as they say. As they say. Malcolm, can you believe this is our fourth year? We are going into our fourth year. Fourth year. Java says three. He's not... He, well, I guess, yeah, going into going into our said, fourth yes, year. Yes, we're yeah. going into our uh-huh. fourth year. That's right. That means we've been together a while. It does mean that. That is it, time, time. So waits happy for no, together. <laughs> time waits for no man. <laughs> How is the weather? It's a beautiful morning, yeah. which is one of our theme songs. Yes, it from is. From DJ. Yes, it is. Java. I would have had a song. I had a song prepped because uh, Carol's going to talk about this famous Memphis trip she took. I had Stax Records lined up, but I couldn't pull what it happened? off this morning. Ran out of time. It's, you know, this new studio is so many buttons and things. I'm still We still can acclimate it. <laughs> well, if you find it, um, you know, pull it on up. And you could also pull up Memphis Women. Fried chicken. So many possibilities. So many po- walking in Memphis. So many possibilities. Walking the dog. I mean, this you could go anywhere. But anyway, we are so happy to be uh, in the new digs, which are the old digs. Uh, the new is old, and we are glad to be here. We're glad that you're tuned to Deep South Dining this morning. And remember, we are here just to facilitate a conversation about food and the culture of Southern flavor. So we. We certainly offer you the opportunity to call us or send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. It is often your feedback that guides this show. We often plan the show around uh, your input, your phone calls, your emails. So if you feel so moved, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You don't have to be a chef or a foodie. You can just be someone who has a great recipe for tuna salad. Or someone who likes a hot dog. Man, can we talk about hot dogs? Well, you know, Malcolm, the day that hot dogs hijacked the show, that was <laughs> that was not the plan. It was just a simple comment about a post that Julian Brunt did on our Facebook page, Cooking and Coping. He did a beautiful hot dog, and the rest was history. For 50 minutes, people called in on hot dogs. It was fantastic. So we'll see what that is today. So speaking of Julian Brunt, <clears throat> I don't know if you noticed, but he announced on Cooking and Coping that he was retiring as a food writer and that he would, uh, from this day forward, only entertain in his home and that we were all invited to come have dinner with him and but that he would no longer uh, be working uh, as a um, food columnist or a food writer. Yeah, I think, I think I uh, think he should 
buckle down and finish the cookbook he's been promising. Yeah. I got a sneak peek one time, and it looks great. It'd be great. Okay. There was a certain dinner party that we have heard about that, uh, wow, it involved Leanne Galt, Thomas Williams, Tim Pierce, Carol Palmer, but not Java and not Malcolm. But Joe Sherman and Mary Pryor. Joe Sherman Pryor, and Sherman. Mary Pryor. You know what? Uh, Tim told me that y'all's invitations were lost, and oh. we missed you. Oh. We missed you at okay. the party. Okay, because I, I, I asked Tim about that when I got him on the line, so we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll dig a little deeper into the <laughs> into lost that. invitation. But meanwhile, let's talk about this dinner party and set it up, Carol. Okay. Uh, in March of 2020, the first week of COVID, Malcolm and I didn't want to look, lose touch with all you guys, so we decided to do a Facebook page, and we called our buddy Leanne Galt, who knows about these kind of things. She's a technical person She's a, as well as a A fabulous chef. cook. Right. So Leanne built a page, and we got on the phone and decided on the name, and there were... I think five members. There was Java, Malcolm, Carol, Leanne, and our good friend Thomas Williams uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, who is a connoisseur of all good things. But we went from five people to 500 in three days because of Thomas Williams. He sent it out to all of his people who sent it out to their people, and we now have over 5,100 members. 5,100. But one of those members from Memphis, Tennessee, Tim Pierce, quickly became a... He's not really from Memphis. He's from Boonville. Of course he is. He's from Boonville. He lives in Memphis, but he quickly became a must-follow person. A celebrity on Cooking and Coping. Yes, because just of the beautiful food he does with um, his husband, Brand. he cooks a great meal every night, and so... And, yeah, and he, I forgot, where did you say he was from? Boonville. Oh, Boonville. Oh, okay. Where Malcolm's from. But, okay, I, I'll, make, I'll make this short now. Anyway, there was, an art, there was an auction at Art Place, Mississippi, which is... Greenwood. Yes, a uh, nonprofit art center in Greenwood. And one of the auction items was Leanne Galt. Wow. Was for Leanne to come in and cook a dinner for eight. So Tim bid on this experience and uh, and you know bought Leanne's dinner and we had it in Memphis. But you know the beautiful thing is it was it all came from cooking and coping. I think Tim was that the first time you had ever met Leanne in person. Yes, this weekend was the first time I'd met her in person. And it was a lot. It was uh, yeah, a lot of us just met each other for the first time in person, and it just shows the power of food and friendship. And it was like we already knew each other because we've seen each other's food for three years or two years. Um, right. So tell us about the party, Tim. Well, the auction was in November, and it took this long because of COVID for us to finally get together. And um, it, it was a, a bit of a, a chore to get everybody's calendar together, but we did that. And um, it, it was one of the most special things we've ever done, quite frankly. Uh, some of that is fueled by the fact that we haven't entertained. We haven't left the house very much. 
and this allowed for that, and it allowed for us to rekindle friendships from when I lived in Jackson and worked in Jackson, and uh, and then met new friends. I mean, you know, Thomas is going to be in our life forever now. So it, it's just, it was quite amazing. The, the The food was great, and the house looked okay. But I mean, well, let's else talk was... about the house. Tim is not only a cook; he is a designer. <laughs> And an artist, and on the invitation, there were even colors that mm. were a thing, which were black and white and chartreuse. And I personally, as I told him, came in hot with the chartreuse. But <laughs> the tablescape was beautiful, and it was built around around those colors. And uh, different vendors contributed, including Kelly English from Restaurant Iris, contributed uh, shrimp. And Malcolm Bear Creek Farms in Nashville. Right. I think your brother has association with that. He's married to Bear Creek. He's married to Bear Creek. <laughs> they they contributed, but uh, did but, you know that, Tim? <clears throat> I did. I did okay. know that. But the, the first course featured uh, Tim's pimento cheese, mm. and it has a secret ingredient. Oh, I don't boy. know if I'm is allowed. Is it the Japanese uh, mayonnaise? It is not, oh. but it has a secret. We had that discussion, and it is not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just a wild show. Right. Uh, but I just wanted to mention uh, the first course was a, was fish and rice, and it was that black sable rice mm from Two Brooks Farm, a rice cake, and on top of it was smoked salmon, preserved lemon, and creme fraiche. And Fantastic. It was delicious. Leanne cooked a similar item for Kara's birthday. I, I and saw it. it. That That's why I wanted that to mention cake, those, flavor, those flavors. But the, the big thing was we couldn't get enough of the party, so the next day Tim cooked brunch for us, which was... Oh, y'all Absolutely. spent the night at Tim's house? No. <laughs> no. We spent the, at a very cool hotel a few uh, a few doors down. But, Tim, would you tell us about the the breakfast taco? Um, well, it was your inspiration, Carol, from a place you visited in Tucson. And uh, we learned that way back in the early days of COVID when um, I guess one of your friends posted that. And I thought, well, I think I can do that. And so I've done it several times for us, but... For brunch, I decided to put a little twist on it, and I still use the tortilla, but I use Gruyere on top of that and hash browns on top of that and spinach on top of that and then a poached egg. And, and the tortilla was, was fried. It was, of course, you know, so like we do in the South. So um, <laughs> you, you have to, to keep it Southern in, in all things. So, um, But it, it was quite tasty. Uh, we'll do it again. Okay, well, Malcolm and Java are wondering, they're checking with their mailman today. I, I have gone through my mail repeatedly looking for these colors. Maybe we'll meet in Boonville. But, Tim, <laughs> we just... No, she, she said Boonville. Is that not wrong? No, right. I'm just carrying on. Uh, yeah, we just want to thank you so much for everything you have done for cooking and coping and all the sharing and the giving out of recipes and the love and generosity um, that you have expressed. Well, we've talked about this on the show before, but cooking and coping has been a lifeline. You know, it really has been something special for all of us that enjoy it for the past two years. And as we talked about this weekend, 
we do not want it to go away. You know, it, it is not because COVID is slowing down doesn't mean we're going to. It's going to cooking and coping will be a part of us for a long, 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 long time. Yes, and so we invite our listeners who haven't joined, go to Facebook and sign up for Cooking and Coping. It's a public site, and you'll have fun. If you're not cooking and taking pictures, you can look at them. All Bye, right, Tim. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll auction off another dinner. Good idea. Sounds like fun. Thanks so much for um, all you do, Tim. Thanks for all being right. a part of this family all. and for sharing and being willing to come on. Okay, we've got a caller on the phone from Florence. We have Roger on the phone. Hello, Roger. What's going on? Well, I enjoy your show. Compliment everybody. Uh, all of the uh, MPB programs encourage listeners. If you're not already contributing, good grief, sign up and be a continuing member. We've enjoyed that for, for a decade or more. I'm asking you to identify, because I can't remember the name of a fellow cook uh, extraordinaire in Drew, Mississippi, little old Drew, who set up, and I don't know if he's still doing it, but last year we went to a uh, 50-buck gourmet dinner in his establishment there in little Drew, and Drew is slowly rebuilding. uh, Anyway, that's a typical small-town scenario. and we had an extraordinary six or eight course uh, dinner. And uh, yeah. if you don't know the name, maybe you could find out. And, and oh, we know it. Oh, good. I well, believe uh, it would be Stafford's own Maine, and I believe that would be our good friend Stafford Sheridan. Yes, it is. He's he's quite a character himself, and he's apparently got some good good assistants and uh, and and employees and. Uh, do you know if it's still in business? I guess. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's in business. In fact, uh, Carol and I and Java, all three of us, were grand marshals of the Drew Mardi Gras parade back in March or February. <laughs> and uh, it was hosted by Sheridan, Stafford Sheridan. Stafford Sheridan. And, and Java, I remember you were really into the, the food. I mean, he had um, gumbo and a jambalaya dish. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, everything was delicious, and um, yeah, Drew, like you said, I had never been out there, but it's a small town, but it's on the on the come up. I wish I could remember what we had. I mean, I know you'd you'd know the names of it. I didn't recognize it, but I enjoyed every bite, (laughs) almost every bite. Well, that's terrific. And you know, he also uh, Stafford also does a podcast for eating and service stations. He goes around and eats. Fried chicken and hamburgers and various uh, service stations, gas stations, and uh, grades them and gives them an evaluation. And it's on the, I guess you could just Google that, but I forget what he calls it. I will look at it. I, mean, uh, yeah. I think if you look up Stafford Sheridan, right, you'll get it, it. will come up on uh, Instagram, on Facebook. But their tailgate is called Tailgate. Yeah, Gas Station Tailgate Review. There That's you it. go. That's a good idea. Check really that out. Yeah, and they are phenomenal. <clears throat> well, thank you for identifying that and reminding me, and I can almost taste some of those things. Uh, good, A good event for for Drew, and Drew's already on the map, I guess, from uh, because of Archie Who. Correct. But uh, other than that, I didn't know much about Drew. I worked in the Delta for a while and got over there. But anyway, thank you again for good discussion and for all the other programming. Uh, I appreciate both of you and your whole staff and Jarvis and the rest of the guys. And I've done some of the volunteer work there. 
uh, answering calls and trying to operate that. <laughs> the switchboard. <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of fun. Thank you. Roger, thanks so much for uh, being a um, sustainer, a contributor to MPB Think Radio. And uh, thanks for listening to Deep South Dining and calling in and sharing about your dinner in Drew with our good buddy Stafford Sheridan. Full circle. We were just talking about having Stafford on next week for an update. And here Roger calls and and gives us the lowdown. All right, it's time to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Kim Wynn on the show from Ohashi Bowls and Ohashi Sushi. Uh, which brings the great Asian flavors to Cultivation Hall in the district in Jackson. Open six days a week. We'll have Kim talk about their experience in Mississippi's only food hall and how they keep their menu fresh and flavorful. We went for lunch, and man, was it good. Kim Wynn, when we return from Ohashi Bowls and Sushi. That's just a little pinch of organ. You are tuned to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White, Carol Palmer, so happy to have you guys tuned in this morning. And we are so glad to be back in the mothership of this new studio, High Tech, High Cotton. How about it, Carol? Great to be here. We've got Java on the other side of the glass. Hey, Java. Yeah, that's the only difference. We had got kind of used to everybody being in the same room, but on the, on the flip side of that, being a producer, I do need to, I guess, have my own space a little bit. <laughs> okay. Well, you didn't have your own space last Thursday when the three of us went to Cultivation Food Hall. Oh, we happily shared a table. Happily. <laughs> yes. We were doing what we call on this show research. Research. And we went to Ohashi Sushi and Rice Bowls. Do we mm-hmm. just call it bowls or rice bowls? Just Bo- bowls. Just bowls. Because we have ramen noodles and rice oh. bowls. Various bowls. Various bowls. Right. And we implored uh, one of the owners, Kim Wynn, to come join us today and talk about Ohashi. So, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. And you said that you were just hot in from a fishing trip to the coast two hours ago yes so my husband was not able to make it he was driving us the whole way there you know back so he definitely couldn't make it i'm sorry about that but okay so you were deep deep sea fishing yes and out of biloxi biloxi Mm -hmm. huge redfish it was amazing that was my first time so will we have redfish sushi coming up here? maybe just maybe (laughs) not I would love that. That would be awesome. We would eventually like to bring even, like, really different fish to our cuisine, actually, hopefully in the near future. Oh, great. But we are bringing new stuff to, like, different new bowls, like rice bowls. 
and we're definitely changing up our menu a little bit more. We're just trying to keep up with times, but keep Japanese flavors. We're always trying to keep our Japanese flavors. I've noticed that a lot of a lot of times, people try to change their menu a lot, try mm-hmm. to keep up with times, but which I understand completely. But we want to make sure we capture the essence of Japanese flavors. Tell us what Japanese flavors are. Sweet, salty, um, spicy, mm-hmm. and a little bitter sometimes. Oh, okay. Yes, and we we really like to capture all of that in you know in one bowl mostly. Wow. Well, you know that was one of our comments when you know when we when we went there how. You southernized it and modernized it, but it was, you know, it was still the essence of Japanese. And for those listeners who have not been to Cultivation, have been in Jackson, Cultivation is actually a food hall, and it's located in the district, which is on I-55 between Meadowbrook Road and Lakeland Drive. And you go in, and you can go to the different food stalls and then meet in the middle and eat together. Uh, You know, on this particular day, we were all eating at Ohashi because it's one of my favorite places. And, you know, it was so wonderful. But we had a couple of things. Um, The tropical chicken bowl is one that... to me, modernized a Japanese product. So to kind of break down that bowl for us. It's made out of um, jalapeno. Or it's our, it's, our chicken is marinated in like a sweet like a sweet sauce, but then we spice it up with like jalapenos. And, of course, we have pineapples in there. So it, we really cook it in there. We make sure we cook everything fresh, like right off the, you know, right off the stove. So you'll get a really good flavor, and it's just it's amazing. It, we want it to have a subtle flavor, but it pops too, you know. Like when you're eating, you're like, wow, it feels like you're eating at home, yeah. you know. But that was a great really dish. Good flavor. Java and I, every time we'd get a bite of pineapple, we'd go, whoa. Yeah, it was very fresh. That was the key (laughs) word. You can tell that it was prepared like right there. Nothing was kind of stale. Nothing was sitting for a long time or anything like that. It was prepared and and right there for you. Yes. Let's talk about the tuna tataki salad because, Malcolm, you ordered that, and I was thinking – yeah. yeah, we're not here about a salad. We're not, here. And, and that was really, I think all three of us. Voted. I'm glad you didn't say that out loud. It would hurt my feelings. I went back and got the tuna tataki salad See? Uh, Friday, and because I saw Kim again, I had to double back. You guys, I had to, I had to double back. So the thing is, I love tuna tataki, the dish. It's yes. generally an appetizer. It's three or four thin slices of this grilled tuna, um, served over. Usually some sort of a sauce. What sauce is typically? Uh, it's usually our ponzu with ponzu. our like a little bit of a teriyaki. Right. Just a light drizzle, stuff like that. But when I saw it as a salad, I'd never seen it as a salad. I thought this would be great. This is going to be like a, a salad with, with uh, you know, seared tuna on it. So anyway, we got it. And yeah, we, I thought it was going to be a little bitty cup of salad or it something. It was a giant platter of salad. And we all three ate on it for a while. And Java went back. It had... It had avocados. It had onions. Yes. It had... It has everything. I think what it is is our sauce. We are very well known for our sauces, and we really strive for our sauces to have a lot of flavor. But like I said, it's subtle, Mm -hmm. just enough where you're just like, gosh, I need some more. I need more. And 
I will say, I can't tell you the secrets of what our sauce, but it is made out of fruit. I've told you guys a lot right. of different types of fruits. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so good. And it feels, you know, I mean, it's it's just healthy. It's fresh. It's it's awesome. And our all of our sauces are made from scratch, too. So I think that's why a lot of people come back for our food. And if I understand it correctly, in <clears throat> Cultivation Hall, where you're located yes. in the district, there's a common kitchen that each stall... A, a uses one kitchen, right? Yes. And what, what's that like? It's it's good. I, I'm truthfully, um, the owners of Cultivation, the general managers and all, they do an awesome job, you know, trying to, you know, provide a, a spot where it's, it probably should be a little more hectic, but it is not, you right. know, like we all share things. We all communicate really well. It, it works. It really does. You know, it's hard. Uh, Nick Secoy, your yes, manager, and awesome. I worked together in Greenwood a n- number of years ago. And, and you saying that, it reminds me, Nick, Nick is a cool guy he in is. terms <laughs> of keeping his cool. So I can see him being a very calming influence in that in that kitchen organized and calming yeah he is very calm and that's what makes it a lot easier to work he's with. seen a lot i you think can't... so and he's been there i think he's been through probably tons of different restaurants so he kind of knows how to you know you know just kind of tell us what to do or what's this you know what to do mainly mm-hmm. so and to keep us all out of trouble <laughs> basically <laughs> now carol as you describe cultivation hall is created sort of as an incubator and um, places come and go. Often they will transition from a stall in Cultivation Hall to a bricks-and-mortar restaurant later. Or they just may get into catering, or they may just develop into a food truck. But or any- they may stay there forever. I mean, right. like uh, La Brioche has been there since... For a while. Since they opened, since, I believe. Since the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, with us, uh, we would like to... Probably get a brick and mortar, but we would probably also like to stay in cultivation if if that you know if we can handle that. I think we will be able to, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of our customers are wishing we can be at other places too, like different locations. Oh yeah, of so course. we're definitely um, trying to look for that also. Now you did a <clears throat> you did a remote. Uh, for some event, right? Java, we were talking at the about. Makers, the yes. Makers. I see you guys that at the Makers, Makers Festival. Festival. That was yeah. awesome. That was our first pretty big event, and they they did. I like the Makers event. That was awesome. They were very well organized. Also, they, it was great. Java is that at Footprint Farms? Oh, or that, no, was, that the was the Mississippi at the, at the uh, two museums? Correct. Yeah, that was at the two yes. museums, and they and were out there um, making hibachi. Yeah, making. Uh-huh. We did hibachi there, and it was fantastic. People still come back trying to ask if we do hibachi at our our stall, but we don't. We can't do hibachi there because of the grill, the smoke, mm-hmm. and everything. So. You know, but we will we'll do stuff like that for events and all that, too. Do y'all have a food truck? We do not have okay. a food truck. Gotcha. You just were able to go set yes. up remote. Correct. Mm-hmm. On off-site. Okay, tell us what ohashi means. It means chopsticks in Japanese. The O means, is, it actually means like something more like a specific thing or something like that. It's almost like it's like a um, like a Mr. or a Mrs. It's just something that makes it like prominent. Oh, and then hashi means chopsticks. 
So we decided, hey, might as well ohashi, you know, chopsticks. We're using everything, ramen bowls, noodles, rice bowls. It's a great well. name. I, I thought it was Chico's <laughs> last name, but now I'm happy to, happy to know it's chopsticks. Yes. And since Chico's not here and we can talk about him yes. while he's not here, tell us a little bit about his history as a chef. He has been doing Japanese over 25, like Japanese cuisine, hibachi, sushi, over 25 years. So, And he's been around... You know, the United States. He lived in, um, he was born in Micronesia, but he has been oh, throughout. Where's Micronesia? That is in the south. That is almost like, oh, it's little, four little islands, okay. literally. Okay. And I, probably not many people know about it. No, but it is I don't. Awesome. I'm curious. I'll have to go do some research. Yes, it is awesome. I have not been there yet, but I'm, we're definitely trying to plan something. That's where his family's mm-hmm, from. That okay. is. But he's half Micronesian and definitely half Japanese. So he knows a lot about his cultures and everything. So, and I'm Vietnamese, so it's we, we kind of bring a lot of different things in, but we try to stick to, of course, Japanese cuisine. Gotcha. Um, but he has been working 25 years as a hibachi chef, sushi chef, and all that. So so does he do the sushi, or do you oh, have yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. The sushi I, I, was delicious. I wanted he's not to... the only one that does sushi. We have uh, three other chefs. They're fantastic. They are amazing. I love my staff and everything about them. <laughs> hey, we got a little time left in this segment. I want to talk about those drinks, those yes. uh, popping pearls. <laughs> we have our fruit teas and our bubble teas, and we're going to have an extensive menu, too. We're probably going to have even blended drinks like that, too, for you know hot days like these. They are so refreshing. We have popping pearls that lightly pop in your mouth. There is just a fun textured drink, and it's refreshing. Yeah, uh, did, you got to try. Oh. What is it? The Jolly Rancher. I had the Jolly Rancher, <laughs> and I had the lychee. Lychee. How was? And then we. I loved. I loved the lychee. We were trying to figure out what the pearl was. We kept thinking it was some sort of grape or fruit or something. Turns out it's tapioca. Yeah. Well, that one is not that. Well, the one of our bubble tea is tapioca. Oh. You guys did not get to try that yet because it was a little bit more um, bubble teas. They're a little more like a dessert type drink. They're sweeter. They're, well, but what you are can the bubbles of, then if they're not tapioca? The other one, they're just fruit. They're just little fruit, fruit inside, yes. <clears throat> well, we were right, Java. Yeah, because I got the mango sunrise, and I'm going to tell you now, I'm coming back today, Kim. What time y'all open again? <laughs> 11 o'clock. Okay, soon, 11, soon. All right, yes. yeah. I'm going to go over there and get me a mango sunrise fruit infused uh, drink. Well, I want to just mention about tapioca that. Java has told us it is National Tapioca Pudding Day. Is that today? today? Oh, today. boy. I love tapioca. <laughs> what? Java says he and hates I, it. And what I a never had tapioca. Oh, I thought well, you told me you hated then it. Then you don't know if you like it or not. I, I, I lived on it for a year. Yeah, yeah, I didn't say I didn't hate it. In California, it. Well, we were so poor. We had tuna, tuna salad sandwiches every night with tapioca because it was so <laughs> filling and cheap. Well, if, you, if Java's going to come in, we're, we're going to get you guys to try some some tapioca. Since well, Cam, definitely... I did have a question. What, what um, I guess what you say, This I'm always curious with restaurants, what is your most popular dish when people come to Ohashi? Is it, is it, because another one of my favorites are the um, ramen bowls. I've had the pork bowl, the chicken bowl, um, like, you know, and. For our ramen, I, re- I will say our ramen, our spicy miso tonkatsu, that's really popular. Mm-hmm. It has just enough spice. It's not beyond spicy where you just can't taste it unless you just don't like spicy. But that one's really popular. And then our sushi, I would say our Mississippi Red is one of our most popular dishes. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And our, our seafood salad, you guys didn't try our soupy, seafood salad. It's the same um, sauce, but it has seafood in there, different types of seafood. And seaweed? 
Uh, seaweed? seaweed? Uh, mm-hmm. No, we, it, we, uh, we actually do not have seaweed in there, but you can add it in there. And uh-huh. we almost make it like a poke bowl because there's times some people just want a poke bowl. Um, we don't do poke bowls just yet, but we may actually start that soon also just because people that's what people want. Sometimes people just want a bowl instead of sushi, mm-hmm. you know, but a lot of people love our sushi. It's fantastic. Explain to our listeners what a <clears throat> poke bowl is. Poke bowl basically is a um, it's basically a sushi roll. Sometimes I like a sushi roll, but not in, in an actual roll. It's in a bowl. It's, it's like everything deconstructed. Deconstructed. Yes, exactly. And sometimes it has rice. Sometimes it's all just salad. It just varies, but it mainly has like raw fish or, you know, or just different types of protein in there, vegetables and a, an amazing sauce. That's what people want, and we're about to create a lot of different new sauces, so I'm excited. It's sauce research time. Yes, it is. It really is. It really is. So we've been working on it for a while now, and I think it's almost time for us to bring out a new menu. And another sauce that came out um, that that w- was with the fried chicken bites. Our margarita that sauce. That came. Oh, that was <laughs> oh, excellent. I'm trying to tell you, our sauces are our 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 sellers. That's what's they making. Are. It yeah, really the sauces well. are the thing. Okay, describe. We never met a condiment we, we didn't like, Carol. <laughs> that is so true. But describe the uh, the chicken. I remember when Chico told Java what to get. We were going, eh, what? Uh, chicken bites? Yeah. No, that <laughs> it was one was it? Chicken waffle. Oh, chicken oh, waffle. It was yes. a chicken waffle cone. That's yes. it. We were going, whoa, chicken waffle cone. That one had the spicy mail. That's it. That one had our spicy mail on top of that, drizzled. That it's just our chicken is fantastic. Like our chicken is juicy inside, outside is a little crispy. It just works really well, and then just having that sauce just. Do makes y'all it use the better. Japanese mayonnaise? Oh, uh, we actually, mayonnaise. Koopy. We actually do not. We okay. make we make our you know we make our different. Well, we don't make our mayonnaise, but we make it. We make sure you, you know we do different. We put different make things. Make the sauces in our, with yep. the mayonnaise, mm-hmm. but you don't you don't use. But the no, uh, we might use a little bit, but not too much. It's a little. I'd say it's a little too We're getting expensive. Getting into the weeds here, you know. And, I know. Yeah. I know. Like it's it. all right. It's where we like it. It's mayo, come on now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Mayo's awesome. a big deal. What's your favorite mayonnaise? Uh, I think. Oh gosh, you got to put me on there. Oh, uh, I think it's Hellman's. Uh-huh. Oh no! Uh-huh. Oh no! <laughs> we have. It's been a Hellman's morning. Yes, <laughs> we have mayonnaise wars in here with us and our listeners. I'm a Duke's mayonnaise Duke's. person. Yeah. Malcolm is Hellman's. I haven't tried Duke's. I'm not gonna lie. It's a southern so thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got. It's you. like your restaurant. It's Japanese with a y'all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, it has our crawfish and all that in there. Deep fried rolls and oh, all. Oh, and that we had that uh, roll that was uh, Cajun or Creole roll. Creole, Creole roll. roll. That was yes. really good. That was good. Yes, that was. That's um. It's our crawfish in there, and then we also have our fried rolls with crawfish in there too. Fantastic! Mm-hmm. It's really popular. Our fried hurricane. It's really popular. Fried hurricane. Yes. Carol. What is <laughs> a fried hurricane? There's it's a it's a fried roll. The outside is fried, and then the inside there's like uh there's crawfish and there's a few other things inside, but it's it's good. Wow. Yeah, we caught we have another one called our fried fatty roll. That one's fantastic. It has Uh-oh. shrimp in there and a lot of crab meat on top with just a lot fatty. of sauce. It sounds like the one I'm gonna get. Uh, <laughs> that one's really the good. Fried fatty roll. And it's and it's not and it's not a fatty with the with the F. It's, it's a PH. Yeah, PH. It's a PH. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. That's a, even better. That, that's better. So Kim, you're the the front of the house. Yes. It's, Yes, I love working with people. I love trying to like, you know, when there's some, a lot of people they they're like sushi. What is? I've never had sushi. Like I I, I don't want to eat raw. Mm. Well, I, like I said, I've always told people we have raw cooked 
fried rolls. And we can get you slowly into the raw eventually. And I feel like I, I pretty much get them eventually. Um, they come back all the time. But I'll try to start off with, you know, cooked rolls for them, let them try it. And they're, once they like it, they're like, all right, mm. all right, you know, just get them started. And then they start ended up getting all the raw rolls. They love it. Mm-hmm. They love it. Well, you do a beautiful job. You are such a warm personality, <laughs> and as is Chico, and it just makes it fun. We do to go, and your team has good energy. Uh, I think we should probably do some more research. Yeah, we got more research to do. <laughs> more meetings uh, at the district for Ohashi. Yes, uh, of course. You know, Malcolm went and got French pastries. I did with our for Japanese. dessert. That's the beauty of it. You can sit there and go. To La Brioche. Very cosmopolitan. And, and we, could yes. have, we could have gotten some Mexican food. Could we have. could have gone to Uncle Ray's kitchen that's and right. yeah, there's so, got a course. That's what, that's what cultivation is about, bringing the whole family, bringing your friends, family, grandma, everybody, and everybody will be able to eat something for sure there. I think that's why it's called cultivate. You know, you just yeah. got to bring everybody there. Sweet. It's fun. I love it. Kim Wynn from Ohashi Bowls and Sushi in Cultivation Hall in Jackson at the District. Thank you so much for joining us Thank this morning. you guys for having me. Good I luck. And you. tell people where they can find you online as well as physically. Uh, Facebook, Ohashi J- Jackson, J-X-N, Ohashi Jackson. And even our Instagram. I'm definitely more in Instagram, so follow us there. We have a lot of videos and all that. Sweet. All right. We'll be right back after a short break. Thanks to Kim Wynn for joining us again. And if you're hungry, you should be. Head to Cultivation Hall. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio. Or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back, Deep South Dining, Malcolm White, Carol Palmer, and Job Chapman in the control booth. We are in the new digs, the old digs, the remodeled studio at MPB. Think Radio, awesome. Sounds good. Someone sent us a note, said our audio was a little low. I don't know. Sounds good to me. I don't know where that note came from. It's in the chat. But either way. They need to turn up their radio. (laughs) (laughs) Put your hand on the radio. So it is summertime, and I've been blessed, as I have been for years, that my friend David and Melissa Patterson have a fabulous garden uh, out in Madison, and they bring me tomatoes and uh, cucumbers and squash and eggplant and peppers, and it's just awesome. Sounds like ratatouille. It does. It's ratatouille in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) Just add a little labor. Uh, But they don't grow corn, but it is corn season, and... um, Carol, I know you recently got a load of corn. I did indeed get a load of corn. Uh, my friend, my friends Billy and Melanie Bowman in Greenwood, were kind enough to gift me with twenty-four ears of Delta Gold, and Billy dropped mm. it off on my front porch mm. on Thursday while we were at cultivation with a sack full of his homegrown. Heirloom tomatoes. Look at you. 
I know, I know. Look at me, but I am putting up are corn. Those, are those purple ones? Are those that they were purple? They were red. They were yellow, all kinds of gold, a, a gold, gold, yellow, just gorgeous. I mean, we ate them for breakfast too. I ate you know, one we, just over the sink and dripped and drizzled. Yes, and we complain about the heat and the humidity, and we forget that if it were not for that. We would not have corn. We would not have tomatoes. We would not have okra. We would not have squash. Because this weather creates this bounty. bounty. I mean, there you have it. Those are my yellow tomatoes and biscuits. You're showing me a picture on your phone. My goodness gracious. Biscuits and yellow, yellow tomatoes. tomatoes. Now, I there see was, bacon and eggs in the background. Yeah, Benton's bacon was also in the care package. So, hey, what, Boy, what not to. Sounds like a um, wedding gift. Well, it kind of was. Yeah. It kind of was a wedding gift, yeah. and I'm happy. I, I hear you I'm, got married. Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> I, I got married three months ago or uh-huh. two months ago. I'm happy. I'm happy to keep those gifts. And this, when you are not a young bride, are the kind of gifts right. that are appropriate and well-loved. You don't need a candle holder. You do not need a ca- or a mixer or, 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 or vacuum any kind you, you probably have your own vacuum cleaner. Got my own vacuum cleaner. But, Malcolm, I made cream corn Ah, on Friday night. I know you love cream corn. I love cream corn. And you have to shave the corn a couple of times and then scrape the juice. Please explain to our listeners how Carol reduces corn on the cob to a platter of cream corn. Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, I use a what they call now a hack or a a trick. That we learned on, on in Deep South Dining a few years ago. When you are cutting a bunch of kernels, take out a bunt pan or an angel food cake pan and put your corn over the hole to stabilize it. And also it catches the kernels as you shave it. Mm. Because if you've done this, you know kernels go everywhere. Yes. Well, they fly all over the place. Yeah. And, and, so, and, and corn juice. And I don't cut. Deep corn milk. into yes, corn milk. I don't cut deep into the corn when I'm doing cream corn. Well, so not I can the first the pass. Yeah, you got to do a first pass, which is about yep. half of the kernel. Right. Then a second pass, and then a scrape. A if scrape. I have it right. Yes, and I do the scrape with the back scrape. of a back of a kitchen knife. You need kind of something. I don't know what dull. you use. Yeah, something dull and kind of heavy to get the most juice. Yes, and then you re- so you have this. Cut corn and corn milk in a bowl. So from yes. there, how do we get it to the well, There's butter involved. Platter. Ooh, butter. There's butter, butter involved. Butter, 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 butter. There's uh, salt and pepper involved. There do you is put cream. Any, I do. Or do you just use the corn milk? Or do you put? I, I add a little cream okay. to it. Nothing wrong with that. Because that's what my man likes. He likes creamy, creamy corn. Uh-huh. So how about you? Well, yes. I love it. I mean, I I haven't gotten any corn yet this season, but but we've had a tomato fest at our house. Kara, you know, we went to Italy a a few weeks back, and uh, we came back with new inspiration for cooking zucchini and cooking tomatoes and pasta, and we've just been having a blast uh, cooking all sorts of dishes and uh, enjoying the bountiful Mississippi summer with our new Italian knowledge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe I'll bring you some corn. I'm also putting up corn. Mm -hmm. Good. And that's been a lot of fun. I actually went on YouTube. There's so many different ways that people do it. I mean, they blanch the cobs, then cut it off. Mm. 
uh, the the way I did it this time because I didn't have a lot of time. You you put uh, water and salt and a little bit of sugar and just kind of heat it so that all melts. And then you cut your kernels off and put like a half a cup of that liquid. It's a brine. Mm-hmm. It's a brine. And then oh. put it in a Ziploc bag. So I have many Ziploc bags now. So on the other corn news, uh, our new producer here at MPB Think Radio, Germaine, who is somewhere around here, uh, recently uh, shared about uh, Java about putting mayo, probably Hellman's, yeah. on her <laughs> her corn on the cob. Yeah, Jermaine, she's our newest producer. And uh, last Friday on Deep, I mean, uh, uh, it almost turned into Deep South Diner. <laughs> on Next Stop, Next Watch Stop it. Mississippi, she was talking about how she went to the Choctaw Indian Fair, which is actually uh, coming up this week. Yep. So, you know, if you want to go out and have a good time and support our Native Americans, uh, our Choctaw Indian brothers and sisters. But she talked about how she got the corn on the cob. And she put mayo on there. Instead of butter. Instead of butter. Mm-hmm. Mayo with a little bit of seasoning salt. And she said, with corn on the cob, she cannot have it any other way. Now she, She'll kernel, never go back. Kernel corn, you should put a little, you know, just butter I, I, when it's in the bowl. But on the corn on the cob, it has to have mayo. And everybody, um, a fellow co-host, Kamel, uh King, Jay White, we were like, huh? What? So I didn't know if you guys had heard of that mayo on your corn on the cob. Carol well, says I have Mexican heard street of it corn. because that's Mexican street corn. Okay, but Mexican street corn is is grilled, and you take the ears of corn and you know, rub them with oil and place them on the grill, and then you spread uh, crumbled cheese yeah. on a plate, oh. a, like a cojito cheese. And then you cover the ears of corn with mayonnaise, mm. and then you roll the ears mm. in that cheese, that white cajito cheese. Rolling in my and sweet babies on. Yes, sprinkle <laughs> salt, salt and pepper. I mean, it's it's delicious. Now, mm. that, now, now that sounds a little bit different than what she was just like, I, know, I just but take Matt, the hellings and, and, and slap it slather on there. It. Right, it's called I'm, slathering. I am defending her. I am saying that mayo and corn and java. They, they it, have a relationship. They do have yeah. a relationship. Okay. And Java, if, if you'll go, if we could go do some research one day at Babalu, they have Mexican street corn. And yeah. I'm sure some other places do too. Research. Oh, all right. We've got our North Mississippi correspondent calling in this morning, Carol. Chico Harris is Was on the I phone. Was I just telling Chico. you that I missed Chico last you week? You were, and here he is. Well, y'all, I, I got a, a whole lot of here, there, and everywhere, so I'll try to be quick. Sorry about calling in late. Um, I wanted to tell you all about some restaurants, and then I needed to reference a couple of previous callers. I think it was Kyle from Kosciuszko called in about deep-fried hot dogs, and I was disappointed that he was referring to only the meat. I'd like to try a deep-fried hot dog that included the bun. Mm. I think that'd be good. Now, also, there was there was Robert from Ruval, or, or maybe it was Felder from Fondren. He called <laughs> in about artichoke relish. That reminded me that over 30 years ago, I was living in Salinas, California, getting my Steinbeck on. And nearby, not far past Monterey, was Castroville, California. Yep. Bills itself as the artichoke capital of the world. And in Castroville, there's the giant artichoke restaurant. Outside is a giant artichoke made of concrete and rebar. It's over a story tall. 
and inside the restaurant looks like 1963, or, or it did over 30 years ago, the last time I was there. The place is still open. The menu can be seen online. And they don't have artichoke relish, but they do have fresh artichoke dip, artichoke nachos, steamed artichokes, fire-roasted artichokes, the giant artichoke burger, which is made of artichoke hearts and spinach. Now, when I was oh, man. years ago, everything was made with artichokes, but now the menu has expanded, and they have more mainstream American fare, like burgers made from red meat and fresh fish, which may have to do with uh, Monterey being nearby. Mm-hmm. Wow. I recommend the joint. So getting back to Mississippi, Malcolm, I liked seeing you quoted on the front page of the Tupelo Daily Journal praising the great American artist Sam Gilliam. Tupelo native who sadly recently passed at 88 after making a lifetime of art that started in Tupelo and changed the art world. Now, you were quoted as saying Tupelo's known for a lot of things, and it's becoming more well-known for restaurants. Yeah, there's the world's famous Johnny's Drive-In. There's Blue Canoe, Neon Pig, Fried Chicken from both Connie's and King Chicken. And there's a, a newish place called Forklift that gets great reviews. And downtown, there's a restaurant road development. has Cafe 212, Kermit Soul Kitchen, which is also a butcher shop. And a newish place opened a couple of years ago, opened just this year, I think, by a couple of Australians. And it's called Down Under. And people are just loving it frontwards and backwards. It's completely Australian fare. I urge everyone to check out the menu at downundertupelo.com because I can't pronounce everything correctly. Now, at Down Under, you can get a kangaroo sandwich. <gasps> it's a dip sandwich. It's house-cured kangaroo salami with Swiss cheddar and au jus sauce. And you need, you need to try that. You, re- you really do. Uh, Java's uh-huh. looking puzzled. I didn't know you could get kangaroo. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the first thing I said, too. But uh, going on, moving across the Alabama line. Keep rocking. I got to tell, tell you a couple about a couple of Birmingham restaurants with the Mississippi connection. Now, I love comeback sauce, especially at Hallamau's. And over in Alabama, which sends us Milo's tea, there's the Birmingham burger chain called Milo's. And whenever Ginger and I head to Atlanta or, or further east, I time it so that we can stop at Milo's for Milo's Burgers. Now, for a chain place, they're wonderful. And they come with a comeback-style sauce called Milo Sauce. Back in 1946, Milo Carlton opened his first hamburger stand there in Birmingham, and he developed the Milo Sauce. It's a nice blend of sweet and spicy. Another cool thing about the Milo's Burger is that little something extra they put on the burger. Years ago, when I first started hitting that joint, I noticed the burgers had a little triangle of meat atop the meat pack. Eventually, I asked about this and learned that Mr. Carlton would cut a little piece of meat for each burger, which called a little something extra, a lanyard. Well, Chico, you have been a little something wow. extra today. Nice roundup. Yeah, nice, nice roundup. Always good to hear from Chico Harris our North Mississippi correspondent. Fun show, Carol. It was a fun show, Mal. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you, and we thank you. Our show was produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Palmer, and our guest, Kim Wynn, from Ohashi, Malcolm White. Stay tuned now for Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy. This is MPB Think Radio.